Okay, so hi, Mitch Camacho's fifth period. We are Miami State of Mind. We are partaking in Aspen Challenge Miami. Now, Aspen Challenge is a national challenge where uh, teachers will collect a team of eight of what they feel are their best students to handle challenges in their community. Aspen Challenge brings in community leaders and other guest speakers to issue challenges to these teams. Our challenge is to bridge the gap between mental health resources and the Miami community. And through that, we are doing things like this, talking to students, going into classes. We are also, we also have a Discord server for people to chat anonymously, form friendships and stuff, talk about their struggles and get access to mental health resources like the National uh, Suicide Hotline and the Crisis Prevention Hotline. And so, I'd just like to say hi, I'm Ethan. If the rest of my team would also like to introduce themselves, they can do so now. Hi, I'm Nayana. I'm Seth. I'm Destiny. I'm Rachel. Okay, yeah, and that's all of us now. So we are in Miami State of Mind, a youth outreach group. So I just want to start out this session by saying, how is everybody doing? Yeah. How's everybody doing? Like, honestly. Yeah. I'm pretty good. That's amazing to hear. Um, I'm glad at least somebody's feeling good. So, yeah. I have a bad case of senioritis. Yeah, I think because I I now realize that you guys are like juniors and seniors and stuff. So this we're is all juniors, all juniors and stuff. So you guys have been you guys have been through it more than us because Destiny and and Rachel are the only juniors in our team. The rest of us are sophomores and freshmen. Personally, I'm a sophomore and stuff, so I got my freshman year kind of kneecap. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to start out by asking another question, or if another one of my teammates wants to ask a question, because I'm I'm trying to find the other questions. Before anything, we're gonna send the link in the chat, and it's um an anonymous survey. Like nobody's gonna know who you are. Just um, so we know exactly what subject we need to touch up on. And like, be completely honest. Yeah. And while you guys are doing that, I would, uh, because of like the, because of like the the age difference and like the obvious grade level difference and stuff, I'd like to to ask you guys how has like going from your first two years here, uh, or first two years in high school, uh, to going into this, you know, dealing with all this stuff. For me personally, I think my first year of like high school was much easier than it is like for my sophomore year and this year. It's like been like kind of a struggle to like switch over to like online completely because in the beginning of the year and sophomore year and this year too, uh, I did um, online school, but like I did it from Florida virtual school. And with Florida Virtual School, the way that you have to do is that you, you're basically your own teacher, but they give you like a whole module of stuff. So 
when I did that, it was like somewhat of like a tutorial of going into like 2021 or 2020, but it was just not, like, not the same. And I was struggling on that too. So I'm struggling on online school through here too. That is, that's really great insight. Uh, I just, I just did my uh, virtual school requirement in the, in the first half of the year. Now I have mistakes in what I think all of you guys have had to have for the to set up your 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 college stuff so i think that's a really good experience to share so you said um so how do you feel that the um pandemic with being in quarantine for i think about a year now how do you think it's affected your mental health and that and that question like extends to the to the whole class like if you feel comfortable talking well I would like to say a thing or two. Um, hi, my name is Angeles. It doesn't matter if you want to use my name or not to me, but um, I think I could speak for a lot of people in my own experience as well that prior to the whole pandemic, I did have my own mental health issues and certainly the pandemic has been no help to it whatsoever. Um, it's been quite difficult because of the fact that I thrived off of having kind of that interaction between people because that's kind of what I needed the most. Now that it's kind of something that's become more limited, it is definitely, definitely taking its toll. Um, also, another thing that I wish was something that people focused more on is not only getting people with mental health more help, but teaching others that probably don't struggle as much just how important mental health is because over the course of the pandemic I've spoken to a lot of different people about how I felt I've been to therapists I've been to all sorts of things and uh you know you kind of hear the same thing over and over again it's kind of like not to undermine a loss or anything like that but when you lose someone and people are constantly telling you like oh it's gonna be okay but at that point when you lose something or someone you're numb you know, and you kind of don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. We get it that it comes from a place of genuine care and respect, but I'm tired of talking to people about things and they're just saying like, oh, it, it'll get better. It'll get better. So I just hope that since people have more time on their hands now, especially during the pandemic, that they take the time to learn about what other people go through. Yeah, I understand what you mean. And I feel like a lot of people that say that haven't really gone through it. And they just say it because they think that it will get better. But the truth is, when you lose someone, like, you'll never forget them. And it doesn't ever stop hurting ever, any less. You just get more used to the pain. And I feel like that's what a lot of people don't understand. And they think that, oh, at some point, it's going to stop hurting or affecting you. But every single time you think about it, is you're going to feel the same pain all over again that you did when you first lost that person. And I think what you brought up about constantly hearing the same phrases, that's the mission that Miami State of Mind is trying to solve. Because as you, as you can tell, Ms. Camacho is not really part of like the, the conversation. It's students and like teens talking to teens because I think it's important that we as like uh, as a generation because I don't 
we normally don't really talk to adults. Like, I, I don't know if I've like 100% been like trusting of the adults to talk about my mental health and stuff, but I felt more comfortable talking to people my age. And this is, this is what we're trying to generate here. Because in Miami, there's a big sense that we're all one big family, but we still don't really talk, you know? Like we, we talk, we conversate, but we don't talk about how we're feeling. And personally, just being the first generation born in America of, of immigrants and stuff, talking about mental health it's it's not something that we that we do a lot you know and i think in miami it's a it's a common thing so if you guys have like had similar experiences to that we would love to hear i mean to add to what i said i guess what's harder here specifically in miami it's mostly within hispanic or african-american communities that are mental health as a whole kind of gets disregarded and buried between, uh, you know, families and stuff like that. And it, it's not that they mean bad or they don't want to accept the fact that it does occur and it is something that is quite rapid, especially within minorities and stuff like that. Um, it kind of creates a disconnect between the older generations, especially, and newer generations. And I would hope that just they would get more into what's going on with their kids or with their loved ones in general. Yeah, and to like, to go back off of that, like, have you, like, it's like, when you see your parents, like, struggled more with different types of things. And then like, like, for example, like a immigrant coming to the USA, right? And they like struggle to like get their bills up, get their money and stuff like that to provide for you. And it's kind of hard to be like, oh, I'm having like mental health, but like I did all of this stuff, like you should be happy and stuff like that, you know? Thank both of you for sharing. Um, what I wanted to say was, I feel like parents do that a lot, especially um, in immigrant families, because they think that since they went through a lot and they, worked really hard that just because of that like their pain was worse than ours and the truth is like just because someone had it worse doesn't mean you have to invalidate the other person's feelings because at the end of the day it is real feelings and I feel like that's something that the older generation doesn't get and especially immigrant families they think that because you like feel a certain way like that just means that you're weak and things like that And I feel like they themselves haven't ever been able to accept their own emotions. And so they bring the same onto us. This, uh, this like common experience that that I feel like most of us can, can share in, I feel like it's important for us to be where that sort of like generational, like trauma sort of ends. That's what we're also trying to do. We're trying to change the culture of talking about mental health here because you have like the, the older people of, of, of Miami, just like, like Rachel said, invalidating us and stuff, you know? And like through the internet, we are able to experience so much, so much more and learn more about our own personal struggles and stuff and connect to more people. We're living in a far different world than them. And I feel like it's important to listen to them, but also understand that we need to like take care of our mental health as well and not just 
keeping you down the line. And that leads me to, to my next question. Like, since you guys are, are, are juniors, do you have, like, have you acquired, like, any advice that, like, has helped you along your, your mental health journey? I feel like um, something that I've learned is um, when it comes to mental health, I feel like you, one thing is that I used to do a lot is if I was sad or something, I would listen to sad music and I would just feed on to the same negativity to my life. And so I realized that that wasn't making it any better. And instead, like I started listening, like let's say I was sad, I would listen to something really hype, like you know, and it just completely changes your mood and just getting out of the bed and doing something productive, like it really helps you. Even if like the hardest part is just getting up and motivating yourself to do it. But once you do it, like you feel good about yourself and just getting up and making your bed or cleaning your room or doing anything or hanging out with your friends. I feel like that's something that more people should do. Just self-care really helps you with your mental health. That's, uh, and that's an amazing piece of advice. On um, Destiny, if you were about to say something. Yeah, I was just going to add on to what she was saying about self-care. So I personally, if I feel like I've had a very stressful week, I would take a bubble bath and just kind of relax, put on some music, watch something while I'm in there. It helps a lot, especially with all of the APs and all of the extra classes that we take or just junior stuff that we have to do. It's extremely helpful. Yeah, because I, you guys are, are like, this is the, the last year before you guys are like adult adults, kind of depending on when your like birthday is legally whenever and stuff and this is like the last time before you have to really look towards and stuff and i think it's it's important to before you you leave this environment like know where you are mentally and like make sure you have like something to to, to race against at least like like a social support group like at least one or two people or one person or like a certain like thing that you like to do that can like help you keep keep pushing and stuff. And like, you don't have to white knuckle life. Like you don't have to hold on for forever and stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's an ebb and flow, you know, like you ease your grip up and then you tighten it every once in a while. And, and like having conversations like this, I think can, can help a lot of people especially because you guys are dealing with the most difficult year of high school during, during like conditions like this, like, well, like you guys are on zoom, you had your sophomore year cut short and stuff. So yeah, it can, it can definitely be very, very challenging. Oh, and another thing that I wanted to say was, which I've learned like recently and I feel like a lot of people fail to do this, um, including like I see it in my own friends, 
it's when you surround yourself by negative people and negative energy and just negativity, it's going to reflect onto how you feel by yourself and like how you feel by your life. So I feel like something that people need to learn to do is to let go of toxic people and just toxic friendships and just anyone that is not bringing any good into your life and anyone that you see that like repetitively is always just problems with that person you need to learn to let go even if it may be hard because you're just messing yourself up and you need to like learn to value yourself enough to be able to let go of that person yeah because there were there will always be people along along your journey and stuff there will always be people like willing to talk, willing to listen, willing to be your friend and stuff. And, and like, you can't just, because somebody is the first person who was your friend, like friendships are a two-way street and stuff. You can't just, there's no debt when it comes to, to friendship. You don't owe anybody a friendship if they don't owe you a friendship. It's a, it's a mutual agreement that you guys decided you wanted to spend time together to fr- like be friends and stuff like learning and growing and adapting to to being able to to move past like toxic environments toxic people whether it's whether it's like a teacher your parents or or somebody in your grade like being able to like move past and like constantly evolve is important because when you set up walls like that you you slow yourself down from um, doing the thing that you want to do or doing the thing that you could end up doing. So yeah, uh, Destiny, go. So, um, going back to like the toxic friendships and stuff like that. It's not only in friendships, it's also in um, like family-wise too. You can have family members that you just can't be around and that's okay. <laughs> cause a lot of people are scared to do it cause they say that that's family, you can't do that. There's exceptions when it comes Yeah. Um... um, you cut off. I I think your your audio cut off near the near the end of it. I was just saying that it's very um, common to have family members that are like the toxic friendships in your life. And now I wanted to 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 ask you guys: Have you like going back to like talking about like? friendships and like mentors along those lines and stuff have you guys had like teachers or experiences do you feel like there's things that teachers do or say that like lets you know how they like feel about their students and stuff and like what's good what's bad what's so so i think it's important most of all to just be honest you know Going back to what I said earlier about the whole like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Well, again, it comes from a nice place. It's not advice. And it's not 
it doesn't give you a clear answer as to, hey, what do I do about this? I've had multiple experiences. Sorry for any of the noise in the back. <laughs> I've had multiple experiences where I've tried to talk to teachers and teachers have tried to talk to me about what's going on. And you always get like that sympathy factor of people being like, oh, like, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. And again, I get that it comes from a nice place, but what I would prefer is for some like grounded honesty of like, hey, you need to do this and this, or if you do this and this, it's going to be better, or you need to get your stuff together, you know? And yeah, I just, it's never been something that I find relatively helpful when people try to sympathize with you or empathize with you. I mean, as you know, it's amazing that a lot of teachers generally care and their hearts break for certain students, because I know a lot that do. But what we need, not instructions, but I guess more of a guide and explanation, yeah, of what to do in those kinds of situations. Even if they don't know, any advice would be better than just, oh, hey, everything's going to be okay. Oh, so you feel that like teachers just like rattle off the same generic phrases and stuff talking to their students? Yeah. And I mean, I guess it's because, again, mental health is something that has only been really spoken about heavily as of recently. So it's not something that they're necessarily educated in, but I guess it would be a great help if there were some sort of resources for all sorts of people, including teachers, to have more education as to what to do in those types of situations when you have students like that, that are probably suffering through something. Do you think that it's like, if there was enough of like people our age group, like 14 to 18, so on and so forth, that like went across like the, the nation and like talk to talk to the adults in our life that we could change that culture and stuff and like for and for this this question is to to go to anybody do you feel like we have to change it or or like educate them and stuff and do you think it's like good for us to do so yeah i think it's very important Yeah, I think if, like, we, like, normalized making it, like, more, like, accepting uh, to people talking about mental health, because me, personally, I'm not, I don't like talking about my mental health at all. If we made it, like, more accepting, people would, like, feel comfortable coming out to people about their mental health. I would like, I don't know, just, like, like, I don't, like, we said before, uh, my parents have gone through a lot, so I don't want to say anything because I feel like, oh, my, like, they, like, make me feel, not, they don't say it personally, they don't say it directly, but they, like, it's, like, I don't really feel comfortable, like, saying, yeah, that's just, like, the way I feel. That's totally understandable, too, that your parents might make you feel that your feelings are invalidated, but you have to always remember that um to not listen to them because it's totally fine what you're going through and it's you're not being over dramatic you're not being nothing you're perfectly normal but if you don't want to talk about it then that's normal too but yeah that's the all the advice i got
there's there's definitely a lot of intergenerational pain in, in like situations like this and stuff and personally i feel like we do need to talk to them and at some point they do need to listen um to us we we are like you can you can see it in our media like people who are in their in their 20s and stuff people who are in the like high school classes before us trying to affect like our media and our politics and stuff they're coming to the forefront we are next to do that it's it's you guys you guys are going to be the first of of generation z to out into the world and start affecting things and it's going to be us and we are slowly and slowly going to become that that prominent like become the prominent thing in society it's going to be us and then it's going to be our young siblings and stuff and our cousins and like the children that we have and like now is is the time to do that because of our grandparents and our parents sort of like part of the same same sort of like area where they they didn't have to they didn't need to it wasn't a world where in which struggle was was you know or like necessary to like talk about stuff um and and destiny said this in the chat and i'm just i'm just gonna read it now also remember, when it comes to parents, they don't like to hear that their kids are hurting because their job is to protect their kids. Their their kids are their babies. So the last thing they want is to have their child hurting. And that is incredible because they feel protected. And I, and I want to ask you guys the question, do you think parents in an attempt to, to, to care for us take it far? Or I think sometimes parents get overprotective and they forget, like older people sometimes forget that they were ever young like us and they ever wanted and that they once wanted to go out and be free and be able to like just leave the house. And so I think that that really affects their relationship with their kids and their kids' mental health because they feel like prisoners in their own homes like they can't do anything they can't go out and they can't talk to their parents about regular things that they should be able to talk to them about because they're afraid of being you know yelled at or just judged so yeah i feel like for a lot of parents and i can only speak from my own personal experiences is that a lot of times parents don't want to admit that maybe you know, even though their kid might have some sort of mental illness, they feel as though it's their fault. Even if, if it directly does has nothing to do with them, whether it's hereditary or whatever the case may be, some sort of traumatic event that did not involve them. They don't want to accept that their kid can, again, be hurt, like you said, because they kind of feel like it's their fault. They did a bad job at parenting that could cause their kid to be in so much pain and they're at a loss because they don't know what to do and they kind of don't in some cases parents even feel ashamed that their kids have mental illnesses and they don't want to acknowledge them because they don't want to accept the fact that hey i kind of failed in that area also 
Oh, uh, so sometimes like parents, they feel like they should have been the first one to spot it because they are your parents. So I just want to like put that out. I think um, so what you're saying, I think um, what she said before, parents for at least my parents and I guess others, they don't always reflect on themselves because they protect us but they also hurt us. Oh, you can't do this. You can't go out. But they don't realize that's more hurting than protecting because when you take away your social life, what are you supposed to do? And when you take, I know like our generation is wrapped around our phones, but like that's what we have. That's what we use to communicate. And not only that, but even if you want to like protect your child the most that you can and not have them ever go through any pain or just be unsafe you need to prepare your child for the real world and let them experience things for their own um be able to go out make mistakes just like let them know that they can count on you and i feel like that's a big mistake that parents don't do they want to protect their kids so much that that by the time that their kids 18 and they're able to do whatever they want they have so much like anger inside of all the years that they lost by not being able to do anything that that's when like things actually get bad and like they just go crazy and like do whatever they really want we were we were born in the in the age of information like most of us were born like the end of the 90s middle of the 2000s at the late like the, the cutoff point for for our generation end of the of the 2000s so we grew up with apple being the the predominant like smartphone maker they were making imax out the wazoo people were buying them like companies had just experienced y2k and stuff people were still talking about that and like obviously the major event which i'm not going to bring up we all know what it is or should know but it's like we we grew up when the world was starting to to connect more and my parents had to learn that we learned it that was our education growing up watching pbs and stuff on tvs couldn't have imagined because honestly my parents didn't see color tv until they were late almost into their 30s or like by the time they were in their twenties, that was just when TV with color was was a thing everywhere, and phones were everywhere. And it's it's difficult because we're definitely like there's a gigantic gap between us millennials and then like Gen X and baby boomers. There's a gigantic divide between us and them. Like we are closer to our to our younger siblings. They're gonna be the ones that go into space and stuff. They're gonna be the ones that carry the future past us, you know? I wanted to ask, is there anything about the way that you grew up or were raised that you would like to change when you have your children just because you felt like it would help their mental health better? I do. I feel like I should change the dis disciplinary ways that my mom or my father has put upon me. Like if my child do has done something wrong, I feel like I wouldn't take their phone or, or like their sense of entertainment away. I feel like I would talk to them and com communicate more with them instead of like 
isolating them and making them feel alone. I agree with that. Is there anyone else that would like to share? I would Recently, like, put it make it hard. Oh. Um, go ahead, whoever was going to speak. Uh, go, Destiny. For me, I wouldn't take away, like, going out and stuff like that. I would just make sure my kids are careful when they're out. As long as they keep in contact with me, I'll be okay. Yeah, and also another thing that um, that plays too is um, the way that parents make children feel about their grades. I feel like when you get a bad grade, um, you get your phone taken away, you can't go out, things like that. But instead of doing, if, instead of reacting, um, I feel like you should ask like, hey, why did you get a bad grade? Like, were you feeling bad? What was going on? Did you not feel like doing it? Like talk, communicate, have that communication instead of just reacting. Yeah, to go on to what Nayana said, I think communicate, because I don't really communicate with my parents. So communication is what I would just be key for, because I think that's your main key to text. Like if you have a thing, 11 o'clock, you could text like, oh, I'm going to be out late. And if you have good communication between you and your parent, then that would be okay because you wouldn't get as punished. I agree with both of you. Zariah, do you want to share? No, thank you. Okay. I was going to also say that I feel like the day that I have my kids, um, something that I've noticed is that in a lot of cases where let's say that your child like snuck out or something like I see it on the news a lot that the kids sneaks out or something and then they get in a bad situation and they don't let their parents know about the bad situation because they're afraid that everything will end okay and then they'll be in trouble with their parents and I feel like something that I want to do with my kids is let's say you are in a bad situation um, anything you can call me or text me and let me know and I can go pick you up with no consequence whatsoever just because you let me know that something was happening like we might have a conversation but you're not gonna have any like severe consequence you're not gonna be grounded you're not gonna not be able to go out anymore I'm just gonna like want to talk to you and get you out of whatever situation that is yeah I feel like, I feel like um I feel like the communication between um, children and their parents are solely based on trust and respect. Like if you trust your parents enough to tell them what's been going on with you and how you feel about things, then I feel like that communication between you two would actually bring you two closer together. And it'll actually solve most of the problems that you have. Exactly, because something that happens is when parents are too strict on their children and they're not able to, like, you know, actually communicate with them. They just end up knowing the side of their child that their child wants them to know, not like everything. You don't really know your kid. You're just they're just showing you what you want to see about them. 
And when you actually communicate with your child, like they can open up to you and you will actually know more rather than know less. And you can keep them safer and be able to actually advise them, you know, give them advice and keep them on the right route without like just grounding them and like just for no reason. Yeah, it keeps away all the assumptions that parents have because they don't know what's going on in your head. So they start to think and assume things like, oh, you want to do all this stuff that you're not supposed to do? Like, no, it's not, it's not about that. I want it to talk to you and make you understand. I don't want you to assume that everything is okay when it's not. I would like to add on the subject that we're talking about parents and their relationship with kids. I feel like actually a lot of parents are in denial that maybe them themselves are in some sort of mental turmoil. The reason why I bring it up is because when you guys mention stuff about strict parents, a lot of the time that strictness comes from an anxiety of constantly worrying about your kid's well-being. You know, as you know, we're growing up and we're teens, we don't really see it because we don't have our own kids. But I can understand from a parent's standpoint on how it may be difficult to kind of lose control of your kids as they're growing up. And that kind of creates a disconnect between them. And a lot of the times those strict parents are from some sort of anxiety or some sort of trauma that they themselves haven't really come to terms with probably when they were younger or with people going on around them. I feel like it's also important to kind of make everyone aware that it's okay to be anxious and that it's okay to have these problems and kind of make, you know, even in a way that we can make the kids connect more with the parents by the means of their own feelings and their own anxieties that could kind of correlate with each other. We get anxious all the time because we're afraid to talk to our parents because we don't want to get yelled at. And on another hand, our parents are afraid of us leaving without telling them anything or letting them know where we are because anything can happen to us. I just want to oh. oh, go first, go first. Oh, I was going to say that I also feel like parents want to seem to their children like they know everything, they know it all. And like there's just this wise person. But the truth is that they just like us are learning and I feel like if they showed us the trust that they want us to have with them and they actually communicated with us. And like, for example, sometimes parents make mistakes just like everyone else. And a lot of parents are too prideful to apologize and just show us that they're human just like us. I feel like if they communicated with us, like we would reciprocate it and understand them. I feel like if parents told us, look, the reason why I don't want you to go out today is because... Um, when I was younger, this happened to me and I just don't want it to happen to you. And I feel like if we communicated with each other and it went both ways, like the relationship between parents and their children will be a lot better and they both will be more comfortable. Adding on to, to what Rachel said, I think it's because they saw our grandparents because back then they didn't know what was going on like two hours away from them besides whatever they saw in the news all they knew was their school their friends and their like neighborhood within like a mile radius really they saw our grandparents as like 
the people who went out and explored the world and knew everything. And I think that created an insecurity because they, the, their parents would invalidate them and not let them have like control or stewardship over their lives. So that when they had children, they ended up doing the exact same thing. They wanted that control. They wanted to be able to say, I know what's right. I know what's good. You trust me. And I don't have anything wrong with me because I'm not weak. And it's that not being okay with weakness that becomes a major problem. And I also just want to read some of the things that are that are being uh, said in the chat. Um, some parents are just scared of losing their children, but holding them in a bubble isn't going to make the relationship better. And that is really insightful because they want to protect us. They have so many conflicting emotions about wanting that control over our lives because they didn't have that. They weren't able to do that truly because of generations past. Like you saw your parents as and all be all of, of knowledge. And like you learned stuff in school. Obviously, you learned about the world in school, but your parents were older, so they knew more. And they took that sense of, of pride and also their feelings of validation and weakness onto their kids. And, and I feel like this is a really, really great thing to, to talk about and stuff. Because if you if you look back, you're gonna see the the same thing over and over again. You're gonna see the cycle of invalidation, uh, lack of control, so on and so forth. Because they'll bounce back and forth with each other always. You know. If anybody wants to add on. What should the next question be? Because I feel like um because I feel like we touched a lot on the topic now. Yeah, I think we we've definitely zoned in on, on on one specific thing. So um let's ask how how have you guys sort of sort of realized that you can like challenge like the ideas that your that your parents taught you if you if you have like besides just the what you're gonna do when once you're a parent like how are you like dealing with changing that culture now i usually just take notes on how my parents like how they react to things like if I don't like the way they react to something I'm usually like okay I see your point I'm not gonna do that when I have my child because I don't like the way it makes me feel so I'm not gonna do that if I know that it'll belittle my child and make them feel insecure about their feelings yeah I definitely I definitely think like learning and like going like going through your emotions and stuff like just thinking about how you're feeling and stuff 
is really important when you when you have to relate to somebody younger than you. I feel like something that is a challenge to me is accepting the fact that as a person, I have very low patience. And I get that from my mom, which got it from her mom. So it's just like um, a generational thing. Like we just don't have patience and we're very hot headed. Like, so what I feel like is my mom changed a lot of like the things that my grandma would do to her when she had me and she was a lot of a better mom than she had. So I feel like I just want to be better and I want to learn to be able to have self-control and be able to like, I don't know, just relax and not take things so seriously because if you're an unpatient person with your children, they're just going to feel afraid to talk to you about certain things because they're going to be afraid that you're going to pop off. And I've had that experience with my mom, so I don't want to give the same experience to my kids. And I feel like that's going to be a challenge for me. And like while we're here, we we're here to sort of like guide the guide the conversation. But if you guys have anything that you want to bring up, please like do so because it, it's a, it's a back and forth. It's a it's a group conversation. We we want to hear from you. We want to see your perspective on things as well, not just Q and A this and stuff. You know. I actually had a question. Um... So what do you guys feel? Because you guys are obviously older. So how do you guys feel that we have the Discord, that we have this place where you guys could go to talk to other teenagers? I actually like it because now that I'm hearing all of these other perspectives on these situations, it makes me feel like I'm not alone. Like I'm not, I'm not like crazy, like, yeah, these things actually happen to other kids. It's not just me. And do you feel that if this were were here when you were, that if something like this were here when you were in freshman year, like when you had to start experiencing, because the difference between eighth grade and ninth grade can be huge. Like you're dealing with so many more people and stuff and like you're interacting with so many different types of people. Do you think something where talk about how you're feeling in like an anonymous forum and stuff would have would have benefited you in your in your high school career honestly I wouldn't in my like for my hold on in my opinion I wouldn't have like taken it seriously in my ninth grade year because I feel like I was less mature and I would have just thought that it was nothing like okay why are they making us do this? But now that I'm older and I've experienced so many things due to COVID and being home with my parents all this time, I feel like I really needed this and other kids too. So I really appreciate it more now that I'm like 17 because I wouldn't have if I was 15. To add to that, I wish that this would have been around when I was in middle school even. Um, definitely I had to mature a lot quicker because of my issues that I won't get into, but it, it, it took a toll on me personally for a long, long, long time. And it was 
definitely, definitely escalated once I got to high school and a lot of different changes started happening, you know, with the change of, you know, growing up and feeling so overwhelmed by the fact that, well, in four years, my adult life is started and I don't know what, who I am, what to do. I have no clue of the real world because I've always stayed within my bubble and struggled alone within my bubble because I wouldn't let anyone in because I didn't think there was anybody that felt like me. So I think that it's very important for us to have these conversations and these discussions as often as we can with other people, with groups like you guys that are kind enough to do this with us. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's definitely something that I wish would have been around for a way longer time. And again, would have been something accessible to everybody, even those that would like to learn about mental illnesses. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like at some, like when we're younger, we're, we're immature socially, but I think we like contrast that with, with a certain level of, of emotional maturity and like, the way we learn from from the adults around us, like determines how much of that we retain. And like, thank you guys all for sharing. This is like, this is like an incredible conversation. And honestly, the best one we've had all day. Uh, <laughs> so just like, thank you guys so much for for all the answers in the chat which you know i'm reading through them obviously i like i'm trying to, to read some of them out loud and stuff but yeah I like, I like that everyone has such different perspectives and we've all gone through like very different things so we all have a lot of different things to bring to the table and to talk about and things that we feel like should be talked about and should be changed um so yeah i just wanted to say that i appreciate all of you sharing and yeah yeah and uh also thank you all for sharing and um it just it just goes to show the level of maturity that like older people have because um like obviously younger ages don't have that yet but they will gain it but yeah just thank you i uh and while we're wrapping up i feel like we have to become the, the stewards of the future the, the gigantic difference between us and like the previous generations and stuff are, are so massive that we have to then each, we have to be the starting point. We have to be where this all changes. And we're trying to, to expand into, into middle schools as well, because this type of conversation, they need to, they need to hear it because when you have them, they, they end up just falling into the same cycle. If there's no direct intervention, from from us, same thing is going to keep happening, and those ideas are going to keep coming up. And so, like, if you guys have somebody who's like younger in your life, talk to them. Have these types of discussions with them. Please. We urge you to talk to your fellow man because through understanding, can only then can we as a as a society or like a species. Because as far as we know, we're alone in the universe. So we need to understand each other so that we can understand everything else around us. 
All right, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Um,